Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. As always, it's your host Jaffa and I'm joined again by Ali, Daud and Kodama. How's everyone doing? Yeah, not bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good, yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, it's, it's been a decent week and uh, I mean, obviously we've been doing the Champions League reviews. Last week there was a lot more notable matches. I think the, the four fixtures that played out in midweek, you know, it's still the Champions League. There wasn't as many big storylines, but uh, let's dive straight into them starting with uh, Tuesday's games. So, last week I gave props to Ali for the Porto prediction and I gave props to Khodema for the Dortmund prediction. I'm going to give props to myself this week for saying that Chelsea was going to beat Atletico Madrid ah. and they, they did do. So, that's, that's, uh, th- that's uh, three out of four people in the podcast uh, getting a result right. We're still waiting on Dow to get something right in football. We'll see how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you guys, it's... I know that Atletico Madrid are top of the league and uh, they had an amazing start, weren't conceding too many goals and they've got the Suarez factor. But there's always a criticism of Simeone's sides where they just seem a bit lethargic uh, going up front and sometimes they, because they set back all, all, all game, it can work against some opposition but against others it just makes life so much easier. And I felt like they made life so easy for Chelsea. Like, you know, Chelsea aren't exactly an amazing team themselves. They're, they're in a little bit of a transition period, new manager. And, and I just think you know, going away to Madrid, they, they had the easiest match they could have possibly imagined, didn't they? Yeah, uh, I, mean, ch- I mean, they're in the Champions League. Uh, the way they play is quite uh, well known now. Like, they're very different to how they've set up in the league. And, you know, when it worked last season where they played, you know, defensive and hoped to grab the goal on the counter against Liverpool, everyone hailed Simeone as a genius. But, you know, this this time it didn't quite work out. So now it's quite like seen as anti-football and people are saying, you know, criticising Simeone for setting up that way. But I think credit goes to Chelsea, to be honest. I think they impressed me a lot more um, than I expected. I, I figured they wouldn't really control the game as much as they did. Um, but, you know, Tuchel set up really well to nullify uh, Atleti's midfield and also to like just stifle any counters they had. They, they won the wall back really quickly. So, yeah, I mean, credit credit to them. I don't know what else you guys made of the game. I'm fucking cursed. <laughs> That's what, what I'm saying, what, man. What makes you say that? <laughs> well, my prediction was that Atletico Madrid were going to have a solid 2-0 or 1-0 win. You know, Simeone is going to do the job. Did not happen. I was thinking, what the fuck is going on? And then Giroud scoring a wonder goal. I'm like, whoa, where the heck did this come from? You yeah. know, I'm pretty sure he's made more contributions to Chelsea than he did to Arsenal as well. What a freaking bargain that was. Yeah, he's been class for them. And I'm quite surprised you're saying where did that come from for Giroud. The guy has uh, worldy in him every other month, it seems like. like at least in the Champions like, League. A few a season. Like, he scored that overhead kick against Bayern for Arsenal. He, he scored plenty of overhead kicks before. You know, his scorpion kicks, his volleys. The guy the guy has a worldy in him. He won the Award right by now, hasn't he? I think, I think he, he won. Yeah. I think he did. I think he did. I might be mistaken. But didn't that scorpion win the Puskas? I don't know if that won it or Henrik Mkhitaryan did exactly the same one for Manchester United. I don't know yeah. if he won it though. Um, I think one of them did win. I think it might be the Giroud one, which I'd be happy with, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but not his goal, you know, ended up being being the difference. And I think that's now like uh, two losses on the bounce for the first time this season for Atleti, um, for Atletico Madrid. So, uh, you know, it goes to show that your, your league form doesn't really translate so much into knockout competitions and I mean do you guys see Chelsea going you know very far into the competition I'll be honest you know I thought the game was quite boring despite the oh you know, man. as well 
just get just get me a pillow and I would be going to sleep for the next game if that was the case. But I don't think it will be. I think Simeone will have to come out. you have to go attacking football. You'll have to change something because you have to win the, the tie in the second leg, in my opinion. Um, I yeah. think it would be quite interesting. Do you think it was Tuckle's tactics that have uh, won it for them, or do you think Atletico just uh, Atletico Madrid was just not there? They 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 didn't turn up. No, I think it was a bit of both. I think Chelsea, like I said, did really well to stifle um, you know Atleti's counters. They knew what was coming, and they you know. But sometimes you know knowing is is one thing. You know, like you can see it coming, but stopping it is another. But they did it really well. Like I thought, the midfield like was very organised in, in their press and the way they won back the ball. And that was without like Kante even playing most of the game. You know, they had uh, uh, a lot of chances themselves, like a lot of half chances, a lot more than Atletico. So even with the low block that you know Atleti play with, Chelsea just you know were firing. I think the difference was in this game was when Trippier wasn't playing because of his obviously his ban in football right now I think that was a crucial moment maybe because he's not played he's really? there whipping balls and he could yeah I think I, I think that was Lamar a key was, factor was, was doing a lot of that career was doing a lot of that he was um, he was uh, really pestering the no, defence as much I, as he no, could no but when it when it comes to whipping a ball in you know Trippier is known for that as well and well the thing is yeah I mean like, sorry I for you off, made a difference. yeah you're right I mean it's it's uh, it's quite a shame that Atleti had their two arguably most important players in in the transitions out because Carrasco is out as well and he provides Atleti that pace to break on the counter, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. you know, Joao Felix and Luis Suarez are, are you know great attackers, but they don't really complement the style of Atleti too much. Even though you know the, the Joao Felix is starting to get used to playing under Simeone a lot more this season, mm. but Lamar didn't really show up that game. You know, he hardly ever does for them in the in the Champions League and. Lorente was played out of position, so it, I don't know if those there players will be back. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if those players will be back for the second leg. Um, but if, if they are, then it should make for a lot more yeah. of an interesting matchup. But they also I mean, had Jimenez out as well. So you you you, go, you guys are definitely you guys are definitely right to caveat the the Atleti injury problems. But for me, I think I'm I'm more sort of down on Atletico's chances than I am up on Chelsea's. I think Chelsea are a decent enough team, but. When you talk about the caliber of a Champions League winner, they don't look like it. And I think even yeah. with the added, you know, let's say tactical superiority with Thomas Tuchel being the manager over Lampard, there's still too too much in the competition to for them to really be. To be honest, I don't, I don't even think Chelsea could reach the semi-finals unless they get a kind a kind enough draw. Um, but for me, I just think that there's there's certain limitations to the Simeone style. Like, uh, yeah, don't get me wrong, I, I I do rate defensive approaches, and obviously. Rafa Benitez at Newcastle. How I learned pretty much how effective a defensive team can be. It doesn't always have to be boring. It, it means that the manager can know what he's doing. But in the in the Champions League, you need to have that like that scary attacking talent, and you need to unleash it. Like look at the way Haaland performed. Look at the Mbappe from those like signature nights. And I think that uh, Atletico Madrid are pretty much relying on Suarez. And if if he can't deliver because of their approach, then you're going to have a night like they had against Chelsea. So uh, and. As much as I want Atletico Madrid, for example, to win La Liga, just for it to be fresh and different, uh, I'm just not really, I'm not really high on the team at the moment. Do you guys think they're they're set to struggle, or do you think they'll find their way into form once they they get they'll some key players? They'll find their way into form. They'll yeah. find their way into form. They'll be fine. Um, I think Simeone's smart enough on his own tactics. He knows what to do win a game as well. You know, obviously you have to go f- full guns blazing in this next fixture at Stamford Bridge. So, you know, we'll see. Um, hopefully, 
Atletico Madrid win, Chelsea are knocked out, and that's me smiling yet again. <laughs> oh, I could be cursed. No, I could see. Um, so your question was there was, do you think that they'll be able to shake off this Champions League blip in the just current the, form they're in and yeah, still maintain the title? Pre- yeah, like just their the, title the, push. Yeah, their slump in general, yeah, their current slump, really. I think, um, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona are in their lowest, uh, you know, in their lowest... Uh, positions right now that they've, they've been in, in in like a decade or so so I can see them you know I think they've given themselves enough of a lead where they can stumble at least once but they'll really need to correct it uh, really quickly and like like Ali said uh, you know Simeone is the type of manager to you know if if you need anyone to steer the ship in the right direction then he's that guy like I'm sure he'll you know kick the players up their asses and, and get them playing again um, I'd like to see it as well. I mean, you know, when was the last time Atletico won La Liga? Was it 2013, I think? 2013, maybe? 2014. Yeah, yeah um, so, yeah. you know, you always like to see competition in in a league. So maybe if they do crash out to to Chelsea, they'll just, you know, that'll give them even more of an advantage in the league. So, yeah, I'd say I could see them winning despite the, the rut they're in right now. But what about, like, Chelsea? Do you guys see them going for? I know you just no, said no. that... Is, it, is it, if Chelsea if Chelsea go through are they facing Bayern? Is that well, well whoever wins from Bayern and Lazio? No, no. I mean, no, I'm, no, surprised no. You, I'm surprised you don't know this. Champions down. League. Come oh. on, it's a draw. You got no, you got to pick the balls up. You got to pick, pick the balls up. I'm, yeah. I'm just look. I'm just looking at uh, foot mob for some reason the way that they've done. Um, to be honest with you, it was more inquisitive a question than uh, than uh, stating it. Uh, for some reason on their graphic it says Bayern and Chelsea are next to. Obviously, that's that's wrong. No, that's fine. I, I, that's I'm mad, you know, because I'm yeah. also looking at FOMOB and it literally says next round matches are yet to be determined. The, no, no, in the graphic, in the, in the graphic, it's got Bayern and Chelsea next to each other. Is that, yeah. You're looking at the same one, yeah? Yeah, fair enough, fair that, enough. I'll that give you that. But to be honest... You know what I mean? That but, technically yeah. means that they're facing... I was, I was a bit confused as well. So, yeah, so I, um, in terms of Chelsea going any further... Uh, it's going to be, you know, to be honest with you, like, do you remember when Chelsea won the Champions League and they beat uh, Barcelona? I thought that that team was really, really thin team that didn't have enough players, enough players of quality to do anything to get through to the final. Yet they proved me wrong and they won. So, And in terms of that team compared to what they have now, they've got, they're oozing with quality at the moment. It's just not solid. They're just not solid players that have got Champions League experience. For me, that's the difference. And I feel like with Manchester City, for example, they've got they've got quality left, right, and centre. Yeah, they they're finding it hard every year to get past champ, uh, the quarter the quarterfinals of the Champions League for the last couple of years. Yeah, and they're slowly building up their Champions League experience in there, and you you, you kind of see it where they're just naturally chipping away at becoming one one of the you know. A Champions League contender every year, whereas Chelsea, it'll just be some luck that they'll they'll will win a couple of games in a row. That's that's why. Sounds I see like anyways. you've got your Man City top on there, Dowd. <laughs> no, no, but usually, <laughs> I, I, if I had to analyse no. it, yeah, I agree, Dowd. Usually, and usually, I would say that you're right. Um, uh, you know, you're right about Man City. They are slowly building their Champions League experience and, and trying to, you know, finally capture that white whale in the Champions League trophy itself. But I think this season is, you know, as we've seen throughout, is is unique. And to be honest, when I look at the teams left in the competition, you know, bar Bayern Munich and Manchester City themselves, I can see Chelsea being competitive against any one of the other teams, like even PSG and, you know, Real Madrid, the Champions League 
giants, you know, even uh, if they drew I, them, I, I could see them being competitive, to be honest. I, I think they've know, got the like... squad on them. All right, let's, um, let's everyone uh, take a look at the second leg then very quickly. Is, do you guys think Chelsea will finish the job or is there a comeback on for Atletico Madrid? Um, I'll I'll give my prediction first, and I think that Chelsea will finish the job. I, I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet. I think I think Ali's right. The Atleti is going to have to come out with some attacking intent, and I think it's going to pay off because you know they've got Suarez, for example, and you know there's still some other attacking talent. But I can just see it like being a one-one draw or a two-one victory for Chelsea. Uh, enough to see them through. What about, what about you guys? I think it depends on the injuries that um, Atletico have. I don't think any of Jimenez or Carrasco is going to be making it back for the second leg. So I think that'll give the, you know, it's more of a dent in their hopes, you know, already 1-0 down to an away goal. And Chelsea's looked solid defensively. So, yeah, I can see them finishing the job. No, I see a comeback coming from Madrid. I don't know. I, I, I like something about this, you know. I, well, first of all, I don't want Chelsea to win another Champions League or even go through because I don't give a stuff about them. I don't give a stuff about any other English team apart from Liverpool. That's, a, that's the difference so, between me and you, Ali. I I always root for the English team. I don't get that. Like, like, like. If I want Liverpool to be the best in England, I want them to win everything. If someone else in England wins something, I don't care. I don't want them to win anything. I don't want Manchester United to win their freaking another Champions League title. You off your trolley? Yeah, I like, agree. We lost the marbles. I, mean, I agree. I mean, Newcastle's Come about on, as far man. as you can get. Newcastle's Maybe. about as far as you can get from the Champions League, and I wouldn't really want to see an English team win it. To be well, honest, that's it. You know, feelings, that's just how my, it is. Yeah, but my feelings are probably uh, because of. Do you remember that time where I think we were so far down in terms of the score to get uh, four Champions League places? Um, and there was like a year or two where if if we did if the English teams didn't do well in the Champions League, we would have uh, been relegated to only three Champions League spots. Yeah, and, thanks um, to Liverpool, that didn't happen. Yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, other teams as well, obviously. What but, do you mean uh, other teams? What other teams? Um, Come naturally, to, oh, so, what other so teams? Na- the last so time someone won a Champions League before Liverpool in England was what Chelsea in 2012, and you even got the damn final wrong because there was maybe Bayern Munich versus Chelsea. So get that right because they beat Bayern Munich in the home backyard in the Allianz Arena. No, no, Jeez, no, Dowd, I, man. I was Deluded Dowd yet again. I, I, the alliteration <laughs> kicking in, but I'm loving I this. Was about, I was talking about... Oh, the, I'm loving Man City, but I'm a Manchester right? United fan, but I'll get, my, I'll get my blue flag out, you know, because citizens forever. It's all Do right. Fair, man City is probably the only exception where I wouldn't <laughs> actually... I'd, I'd rather see them lose. So, yeah, uh, just to clear that up. But uh, what, what I'm saying is I was just quoting the Barcelona match where they had to come back from a, a quite a big... Is goal this when Torres hit. scored, yeah? And Torres scored and uh, yeah. Gary Neville and, uh, uh, and live on TV. Yeah, yeah so, that's, so yeah. get your facts right in that uh, regard. Um, well, well, I, I, know, I know they won't buy in. I know they won't sure? buy in. Yeah, because I was sitting in your house, uh, if you remember. <laughs> Uh, well, no, you do, watched, did you did you drug first score that? Yeah, I was in your house. Yeah, okay, you so so yeah, so so shut up, man. Let <laughs> me <laughs> finish what I'm trying to say. Because there's oh, a few, that's class. There's a few, right. there's so a few think... seasons where those English, the, the, if the English teams weren't doing a uh, better, and obviously it's not just who wins it's the Champions Liverpool, League, it's man, how far, it. it's how far the cha- the the teams go oh, into right, into the into the competition, and you get more points, obviously, the further you're in it. And um, <laughs> all right, Dowd, uh, I, I want to press you on the uh, the right. Chelsea. So I'm glad we got the um, Ali versus Dowd segment 17, 15 minutes into the podcast. Very good. Um, I just wanted to know. So, are you back in Chelsea then, based on your affinity for the English team? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, am I back in them, or do I think they will go through? You sell out. You're a sellout Manchester I think, United. I think, man. I think. I think. Uh, I think the bets are still. You know, Atletico Madrid are gonna are gonna go through, not not Chelsea. Fair enough. All right. 
so we've got the takes for that one. So let's move on to the other game that happened on Tuesday, which was uh, Bayern against Lazio which uh, in Rome. And, um, you know, I think it was a foregone conclusion for everyone that Bayern was going to win this one. But they won it so easily. It's, it's, Do you it's mean like, a 4-1 conclusion? Yeah, they've had some defensive... <laughs> a 4-1 conclusion, thanks for the awful pun, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave with that. <laughs> and... Um, in terms of Bayern Munich and Lazio, you know, Lazio aren't a bad team. They've had a decent European pedigree for a while now. They're always in the mix in Serie A in terms of the Champions League race um, and, and things like that. They always seem to be a shade, a shade below the top dogs in, in, in Italy, though. And when it comes to the top dogs in Germany, 4-1, a lot of good football from Bayern, who themselves have had some defensive struggles. But it really, like, I feel like there are certain teams like Bayern Munich, when you enter the big stage, all, all those little frailties, you know, they're going to fix up, aren't they? And, and fix up they did. They were 3-0 up in 42 minutes. Uh, Lewandowski, Musiala and Sané and uh, Anakabi on goal in the second half and Korea consolation for Lazio. Is this one over, lads? Uh, can you see any hope for Lazio yeah, at all? Yeah, it's over. It's over. Yeah, but Bayern. I didn't think Bayern Munich did, did that great. Like, I know you're praising them. Yeah, they did win 4-1, but it was down Lazio's downfall, really. Half the, half the goals, except the Musiala goal, who's meant to be the English Messi, who's betrayed England and went to affiliate with Germany. Now he's a German Messi. You know, he could just be the Judas Messi, you never know. Um, I just I, <laughs> I just think it was just Lazio's downfall. They created their own mistakes and that's it, really. And Lazio didn't capitalise on the opportunities which they had. And they should have had a penalty as well. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a penalty. There we go. I don't you know. know. I, it should have been know. reviewed, at least. Yeah, it didn't get reviewed, you know... Um, Lazio just didn't take a chances. Uh, I think the Bayern was were open. You know, that if if Immobile or like Alberto Correa, like I know Correa did score. If they if they had their actual boots on and were pregnant like Lukaku did like five years ago or whatnot, you know, Lazio might have had a chance. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if buts and maybes, but at the end of the day, you know, four one scored, it's it's hard to come back from. And, and Bayern Munich probably weren't even playing. I don't want to say like they took it easy, but like you can. You know, you can tell that Bayern Munich probably still have another. Yeah, yeah, they were in third gear. I think, you know, the return leg is probably going to be more of the same. You know, it's there's not really much more to say about this one, to be honest. I mean, Lazio, like you said, we'll probably see them again in the competition next year. I, I back them to make top four again in in the uh, in Serie A, even though they're not in it right now. But yeah, for now, I think this is the end of their Champions League run. No miracles in in Munich. Uh, Ali, can you tell us more about the penalty incident? Because I, I had more of an eye on the Chelsea match. So what actually Lake happened? Vich, no, no. Savage, it looked like he was outside the box initially. But then when you look closely, he was actually inside the box. He got fouled. Couldn't remember who fouled him on top of my head right now. But What was the... Do you remember the scoreline at, at the time of the foul? It was, it was 1-0, I think it was. Or it was 2-0 maybe. It was, ah, right, okay, it was early that's, in the game. That's pretty crucial yeah. timing, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. If, uh, if me and Dad agree on something, it must mean, it must mean something because we never agree. So, you know, but like, like Kadama said, if ifs and buts and whatnot, at the end of the day, Lazio got spanked. You know, it looks like the Anglo-Saxons, you know, they came they came to Rome and they conquered the Coliseum. That's that's where it looked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. yeah. I think that's a good good roundup. What do you guys think of um, uh, Musiala as a talent? Like, um, is it, do you think he's going to be sort of like on the, on the Sancho level of, of hype and the, and the Foden level of hype? Because we don't, we don't really get as much exposure to him given that he doesn't play in the Premier League, but... It seems that when you sort of check Bayern's performances, he's, he seems to be doing well and he's still an incredibly young player. Do you guys think he's got that top-tier com- talent? Compare him uh, to the stage? English uh, young starlets anymore. You'll have to compare him to the German starlets. Will he be even, even getting past those German starlets? Yeah, I suppose. But, Dad's uh, the type of guy, like, if I mean, you're making point. a Premier League, well, you're not a good enough player. 
That's that's where Dan's swing. No, no, he, he raises a he raises a fair point though because now that he's declared for Germany, you've got you've got to look at the German youths and can you get ahead of them? I actually think that even though Germany as a national team much more successful than England, probably got even a better talent pool at the moment, but. In, in terms of the attacking positions, it feels like maybe there's there's more coming through the ranks uh, in an England shirt than there is in a German shirt, and that probably influenced his decision to change the you know national. Well, wasn't it said that he chose Germany over England because he feared that he wouldn't get much playing time for England? You know, you know this the uh, like you said the attack for England right now is quite stacked: Madison, Grealish, uh, Foden, Saka, and uh, Greenwood and. And Rashford and, and Sterling, Kane, and like who's going? Who's he going to start ahead of? And uh, you know, like like you say, Germany's probably not as stacked, so he sees more of a potential there. And he said it himself, you know, he feels attachment for both places, so it's probably just a decision based on prag- pragmatism, really, rather than. than I think he was else. born in Germany, so you know, like I kind of see see why he went for Germany as well, even though he came to England when he was young. So and. If if he has opportunity to play in Germany, which you know Germany's always been a superior team in England majority of the time, and they have more opportunities of winning trophies as well, so I kind of see the logical side to things. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, I can't really yeah, judge him so. much on, on his ability. Like, I haven't really watched him much, so I have to be quite honest on that. One player, um, one player I'm pleased for is uh, Leroy Sane, though, in terms of uh, talking about Bayern Munich because. Obviously, the ACL injury that they had when the speculation was rife he was going to leave Man City, forced him to stay at Man City for a year he probably didn't want to. And uh, it takes a while to get your game back from an injury like that. So uh, I just think, to be honest, at full flight, he's one of the most fun players you can ever watch. He's He's got such a fluid style of dribbling, takes on players like it's nothing. And, um, you know, he's, he he, got, he grabbed himself a goal. I, I think he assisted the other one of them, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken. It was a, a really nice assist for I one of them. Yeah. I think he did all... It led to an own goal. I couldn't remember which one it was now because, man, I was just disappointed last yeah. year. Yeah, I think um, it was it was Sunny that led to the own goal by uh, was it by Achebe? I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think. Yeah, he, he pulled yeah, it. So I think even though I think some Bayern fans were a bit lukewarm on the on, on the way they were looking at Sane because you know he didn't really light it on fire when he first stepped into the team. But I think over the coming months he's, he's probably going to have a bigger impact on a team than. Uh, Kingsby Coman and, and Serge Gnabry, who were on fire last year during the run. Uh, Gnabry especially, do you guys feel like he's just totally fallen off? When, when was the last time you heard about him doing anything notable? Who, Gnabry? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I read quite a bit of uh, comments about the, you know, the Bundesliga, and a lot of people said that he was kind of a Cristiano Ronaldo light in that he really always turned up in the Champions League, like he seemed to love that competition, but then on the domestic front, he can you know, go missing at times and be quite inconsistent. So maybe he's just having that period in in the season where he's just in, in a bit of a lull. I mean, he's still doing all right. And Bayern Munich are, you know, probably still favourites. Well, they are favourites for for, say, for the league. He's probably just a bit out of form. But I don't think it's anything major to worry about for, for Bayern Munich. Like. Oh, yeah, of course not with their talent level. So I'll, in terms of this match, I'll give the final uh, word for Ali on Lazio. Obviously, we all don't think they're going to go through in the second leg, but do, do you think that they'll make up for it in the league? Can you see them securing a Champions League spot next year? In, in I don't terms know, Serie A's really... It's very strange and very tight as well because you got Inter at top. At top. Initially, we all thought AC Milan were going to win Serie A because they were rolling everyone through with Zlatan and his freaking nose. But then Lukaku went in beast mode. It was like, you know what, fuck you Zlatan. 
I'm just going to take it Syria. <laughs> you never know. CR7's just going to like, start celebrating. Just start scoring goals left, right and centre. His son might pop out to him. Right? I just don't know. And then, you know, Roma do know, right? <laughs> I, I think they'll currently win right now in the Europa League. And Lazio, Lazio can be in the mix. They're currently six, I think it were, last time I checked. And you have Atlanta and Napoli as well in there. So it's, it's tight. It could it could go to any of those teams. Really yeah, tight. no, I agree. To be honest with you, like it's um, in terms of from. I'm, I'm just looking at the table very quickly for you. And sixth, fifth, fourth, and third are separated by just there two points. Lots of you are sixth, but, but if they win a game, they, they'll be in third. You know, so it, it's one of those uh, situations in, within a game. So we'll see how it goes for the Rome side. Um, now, I do want to give a quick apology for last week because we we were previewing uh, the matches and. Uh, totally skipped over the Wednesday games Atalanta Real Madrid and Mönchengladbach Man City but you know we'll we'll get into them now so we'll start with Atalanta Real Madrid um, you know he- heading into this one I would say that it was a bit you know you'd always think traditionally Real Madrid is going to be the favourites for this match but you know they're not in the best shape right now they've got a couple of key injuries Sergio Ramos and Benzema most notably uh, and Atalanta have been playing decently enough obviously they lost uh, Gomez in the January transfer window because of a, a, a lack of squad harmony between him and Gasparini, but you know they still carry a threat. But how much, uh, how much of a threat can you carry when you get a red card 17 minutes in? So the first question I want to table to you guys and Dowd, I'm sure you saw this incident. Did you think it was a red card on the Atalanta defender? Well, I was. Remo Freule. I was trying to see. You know, I was trying to see if he was the last. If he was the last man, and he did impede a, a goal-scoring opportunity. I think that far into the pitch. That far down the pitch, it, it is a goal-scoring opportunity. But in terms of it being a really last-ditch, last-person type of tackle, is it a red card straight away? Would you not review VAR, which the ref, you know, he was he already made his decision. He, he pulled it out quicker than. Do you know what I mean? Some sometimes you see the ref and he's like patting around and everything, and he's like, "Oh, is it still?" He's he's thinking about it. This ref straight away pulled out the red card and I was thinking oh okay there's, there's some conviction in this in terms of a challenge you, you know to be honest with you if if he got a yellow card I don't think anybody in the pitch would have complained and that's what maybe is is why people are saying oh is it really a red card is it you know wh- what's the basis of it and and I I think in this case maybe in the letter of the law it might be a red card but I, I, I would have given it a yellow I, I think both teams would have been happy if it was a yellow uh, to be honest, that's a really fair assessment. I honestly couldn't disagree, disagree with a single thing that you said because. Oh, that's the second person the, who agrees with this. <laughs> I agree again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, for me, thinking about it from the referee's perspective, he he really was last man, and I know that Ferland Mendy isn't like Cristiano Ronaldo bombing down on goal, but it's still a, a you know what they call it is denial of a goal scoring opportunity. You have to consider that as such. From a footballing level, I think every other player on the pitch probably sympathised with Freuler for it and thought, you know, if it was a friendly match, you probably wouldn't want to see the red card because it would just ruin the friendly. It kind of sucked and, the um, energy out of the game as well, didn't it? So it did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You want you want a showpiece match, and you, you didn't get a showpiece match, unfortunately. So, Kudama, I don't know if you've got any differing opinions on that one. Do you think it was wrong to send him off, or are you in agreement with, with the rest? No, of I'm us? mostly in agreement. I am on, you know, uh, oh, here on the side agree. of saying it was quite harsh. Like I wouldn't like, like Dowd said, you know, if a yellow came out, no one would be complaining. I think a lot of people's, you know, grievance with the red card is that it came so soon in the game. Like, say that card came, at, like, you know, in the second half and like the 70th minute, a lot more people. Maybe you know, it would, you know they don't feel quite as robbed of a of a spectacle as they were because you know that game was probably the most one that was predicted to have goals in it. You know, Atalanta are known for their free scoring games now, 
for quite a few years in, in Real Madrid or probably as weak as they've ever been in the Champions League in quite some time. So a lot of people were expecting goals and then the red card came. So I don't know, maybe people were a bit more annoyed that they were robbed of a, of a good game. Yeah. They were robbed of a good game and, and it you know, I thought by, by the by the eightieth minute, you know, there's probably not gonna be a goal and this would be a little draw and it took them eighty six minutes for Real Madrid to break them down. So if if anything at Atlanta or even more worse done by that they thought, okay, at least our defensive issues we'll we'll try and scrape through a nil nil and go to Real Madrid. Yeah. I mean yeah. if if you're gonna be um, you know, one man down for from the seventeenth minute, to score to concede just the one goal and it was a left back from the outside, uh, from his wrong side. Uh, sorry, from his weak foot with a shot from outside the box. You're going to be probably happier than than you would be when the red card first came because you're probably fearing if the flood. You know the floodgates yeah. would open. But I think that there's another discussion there because Real Madrid's supporting cast uh, for Benzema it seems to be really weak, doesn't it? I mean, you think of this lineup of Asensio, Isco, and uh, Vinicius Junior. It, it's not a very scary lineup, is it? Like if if that front three was playing against Newcastle in the league, I wouldn't even be that scared. Like yeah, they'll probably win and they'll probably score. But yeah, the midfield, the midfield to supplement them. No, no, no I'm, to, I'm talking about. Yeah, but I'm talking about the front three. In, uh, the midfield. In this case, Modric and Cruz would be as <laughs> as pivotal to their attacking uh, forefront as yeah, the front he, three would be. You, you're thinking too much into it. He's saying take that front three and put them in a different yeah. team. He's talking about the attacking midfield. Fair, yeah. fair, fair. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, I'm not. No, that's fine. All I'm saying is. Obviously, they probably could still beat us and score a couple of goals, but for the Champions League standard, you know, lining up with Vinicius Asensio, uh, who's all right, and, and this goal obviously is a decent player, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that none of them scored and it took the left back to get the goal. Do you guys think that if unless Benzema's playing, that Real Madrid have absolutely no chance, or do you think even with Benzema, they've got no chance to to win the competition this year? No, nah, they've got I no chance they, to I win think, the competition. I think they have a chance. I think they have a chance. It's Real Madrid we're talking about. Yeah. No, I think. Uh, this is, you know, they're quite far down in the list of favourites to win Champions League. Um, you know, you said it earlier in the podcast, the Champions League really usually requires elite attacking, you know, moments of magic. You know, players like Haaland and Mbappe have shown that, you know, in this round. But, you know, players down in the years before have shown it. And, and really, this Real Madrid team has, has shown nothing about them. Um, I mean, I watched the uh, the Barcelona game as well before those ties. And it's honestly like mind-boggling just how quickly the you know the top of football has has changed in the last few years. You know those two teams just in attack just look like they don't carry any threat threat at all. Yeah, but you need to remember that Real Madrid got a lot of their players. You know they got them on loan or they've got rid of them as well, and then they couldn't bring anyone in due to financial reasons because of the coronavirus. And Eden Hazard didn't really doesn't turn yeah, up. You know he's, that's true, he's like in those that, tapas. You know is that so is that like? You say? Is that likely to change, you know, throughout the rest of the season? Not really. And, you know, for that reason, I wouldn't really put them as, as anywhere near favourites, to be honest. So, it's... Um, I just can't rule Real Madrid out, that's it. Like, they'll, like, they'll I would put them as favourites, but, like, I wouldn't rule them out, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's in a cup competition, actually, like, you know, look at Chelsea in 2012. You know, they, they were probably not really, you know, in a season that Messi scored 91, uh, in a calendar year that Messi scored 91 goals, so, you know, yeah. like they still beat Barcelona and didn't concede to Messi. So, in a cup competition, you can't rule anything out. But at the same time, you know, the odds are not with, with Real Madrid, I would say. Yeah. To be fair to Dowd, I think when you mentioned the midfield, you're right. It's an absolutely incredible midfield, isn't it? Uh, Modric is still as, str- as, as strong as ever. 
in, in his old age. I think he's either 35 or 36 at this point. And uh, Tony Cruz and Casemiro, of course, are still incredibly influential. So, yeah, if that midfield three was actually supplemented by a, a decent attacking lineup, you probably would give Ramadan the edge over everyone, I would say. Because uh, defensively speaking, Varane's had a bit of a fall off. Obviously, he had that uh, bad uh, Champions League performance against Man City last season when they got knocked yeah. out. But when you pair him alongside Ramos, again, the defence can look steady. And uh, But yeah, I think there's just too many things that have gone wrong for Real Madrid. Obviously, they, they've had their success when, when Ronaldo was there with all those Champions League victories. So I'm not going to like uh, you know bring out the violins for them at all. But uh, in terms of yeah their prospects, uh, I really don't see them very, very high. Now, we'll, we'll head into the last match, which is Manchester City against Borussia Mönchengladbach. And in terms of the Before prospects... Before we do, do you not want to talk oh, about sorry. the second leg... Um, Oh yeah, of course, sorry. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, I mean, let's give the quick predictions then. So, can Atalanta turn it around? I'll I'll say no. I think home advantage for Real Madrid. They'll probably possibly have a, a couple of players back from injury, and Atalanta have, have got a tough task really. I, I think Atalanta will score, but I just I can see a game. I can actually see the fun match being that one. Yeah, I can see I being agree. like three two to Real Madrid or or four three to Real Madrid, something like that. I agree, and I think um, if they get inspired by the manager. And they put an inspiring performance in. Like Zapata comes on and just absolutely bosses everybody. Um, I, you know they, they they'll have a chance then. But apart from that, it'll just be just a, a normal job for Zidane's team to get it over the line. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to back Atalanta to to make a turnaround here. I think um, Real Madrid really didn't show anything um, impressive to me. You know, you talked about their midfield, but really, what did they do against ten men for the majority of the game? barely created any chances for their forwards um, and Atalanta are the kind of team that will probably have an off year like if they lose they lose they're the underdogs anyway so they'll probably head into the Bernabeu with a lot less riding on their shoulders and maybe that can favour them you know Gasparini did say they were going to go to the Bernabeu to win so I'd, you know definitely be tuning into that one because I think they're going to make a game of it for sure not, not Ali- a free of a kind here I agree with Jaffa and Daoud and just say um, Madrid are European royalty, man. I can't see Atlanta coming back in there. Um, you know they've they've got spanked by Liverpool five 0 when they had a strong team out. You know, so what what can you really say? Like Real Madrid are going to win. They're going to go through. That's it. All right. So we'll see if Kodema can get the bragging rights. It's it's been a fun little dynamic between us. Uh, so I do. It's always fun to disagree a bit on these results and the predictions. Um, yeah, so we will definitely head into the final match there, which was Borussia Mönchengladbach against Manchester City, uh, Manchester City in a neutral venue. And uh, it's Manchester City's 19th win in a row in all competitions. Uh, obviously, it tells you what sort of form they've been on, what sort of run, uh, the, the confidence level. Everything's going rosy for Pep after a difficult season last season. Um, you know, I know a doubt that you watched this match. Doubt's so favorite team. What remember? did you make of the? <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of the performance for one of your favorite teams against uh, Borussia? Probably Mönchengladbach? the most convincing um, performance that you know Manchester City were absolutely dominating and everything. Um, I think the only only real chance that uh, Gladbach had was right at the end, just before the final whistle, uh, where I think it's Wolf um, nearly scored. Um, he just come on as a sub, and he just he, he couldn't get in the corner as much as he wanted to, and uh, Edison made a save. Now, yeah, it, 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 they were lucky that they didn't score more goals. Is that will that be their downfall? Manchester City, you know, they're going on a good run, but they do this sometimes where 
they, they should have won it in the previous match and then, then the ma- next match comes along and they get a bit in the arse basically and I think in this <laughs> case there could be a chance that they, they, they do get bit in the arse and uh, yeah, it was it was a lovely goal from Bernardo Silva. Um, you know, it was a header, a nice uh, curl ball in from uh, Cancelo. Cancelo was playing this uh, weird hybrid role of uh, a wing back midfielder, changing it up, trying to overlap the his one on one man marking defender to try and make some more space on the wings um, for overlapping runs. From so it was it was basically he was swapping positions and then. And in the in the mix up of the one on one defending that Gladbach were doing, that that little one or two seconds of you know people catching up to the, their player, there was space opening. Now I felt like it. They didn't actually. Man City didn't actually use that and utilize that space. They they did it their own way, where you know naturally they just break teams down a lot. A lot of possession football, a lot of um, shots uh, on target. You know. Man City uh, at its best. Just I don't know if they'll they'll regret not scoring more goals that they could have. In this particular tie, I think that they can get away with it. Maybe against the more illustrious opposition, they might come to regret it. But one thing I did want to ask everyone: Do you guys think that uh, Bruce, you mentioned Gladbach, because Marco Rose is basically going to be the Dortmund manager next? Do you think he's sort of checked out or his squad's checking out? Yeah. Because uh, you know how movi- how motivated can you be playing for a manager? Who you know is going to leave soon? Pretty much that. What you what you just said. How can you be motivated? There's maybe a project there. You know, much of that back. You know, the last time they went to a European like competition like this, a uh, high standard was like in 1977 when, or 1978 when they played Liverpool in the final or something, and they lost. And you know, they, they have good players, and you know, it's about building the future. And since Marco Rose is like being being a side get years, and he's buzzing off to Dortmund. You know, like, like, where can the motivation be? You know, he's just got to do his job for the rest of the season, and he's gonna have like Haaland, Sancho. He's gonna have some good players with him. So, like, why does he give us stuff right now? Like, I wouldn't be motivated. Like, oh yeah, I've got to do a professional yeah. job. Yeah, I see that, but you, you know where your future is. So, what's what's the point? You know, and the players would be like, what yeah, the heck's no, going on? I agree. So, yeah. It must be especially demoralising for the fans as well, especially when, you, you know, you put yourself in a nice position qualifying for the knockout stages. You get a difficult uh, tie anyway. What a quality manager, though. And, uh, that just, yeah, a very good manager. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Dortmund will reap the benefits. Uh, not that Borussia Mönchengladbach fans are going to be reassured to hear that. Uh, I've got another question, which is, is João Cancelo, A, either the best right back in the Premier League right now, or even go as far as to say the best right back in the world right now, or is that too much of a left back? Uh, too much of a claim? It's hard to say because I can't even say he's a he's a, he's a right back at this this stage. You know, <laughs> yeah, right back, left back, centre mid, centre half, whatever yeah. on, on the played, wing in the played, half space. He played left back all those uh, against Gladbach. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, usually exactly. on the right. But Walker was doing that job. I I feel like he's just a weaker version of Walker. What Walker brings is what Pep wants for every single uh, wing back: the pace, the strength. The ability to uh, float the ball in, the ability to um, uh, fizz on the ground into the box, the ability to smash a ball, and Cancelo is all that, just not the fi- uh, as much physical as Walker. Uh, yet he has that, he has that po- like the the Portuguese um, finesse to him. Do you know what I mean? Like the dribbling, the flair, the the way he can uh, pop a ball in into the box that which a Walker does not have. He you know he's that straight on English. Smash the ball in. There's no, there's no like uh, chic touch. <laughs> there's no finesse. Yeah. <laughs> no, to be honest, you're right. I think in terms of right watching again. Pep teams, I'm always fascinated by 
how how he uses the fullbacks. He he almost uses them with such free positioning. Like you know, if if your fullback wants to tuck into the midfield to support them, he can. If he wants to make the underlap, the overlap, he can. If he wants to be the guy leading them on the dribble, he can. It, it's just a really interesting thing that I think that's why. Sometimes people uh, criticize, uh, criticize Guardiola and say that he's a checkbook manager. But if he wants to be a checkbook manager, he might as well be the best at it. And he really is. Like The way he manages to utilize the top-tier talent and get them to play some scintillating stuff is probably why I've always never really subscribed to the opinion where people say Man City are boring to watch. Yeah, maybe maybe their domination can get uh, boring you, from, a, you don't see it with other managers. from a competitive point of view. Yeah, not at all. Like, uh, like he, he just elevates his team's levels, doesn't he, in terms of how they play as a, as a unit. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I see other changes in other managers. Sorry, Ali. I see other changes okay. in other managers, and I just don't see it. There's something about what Pep does with his players that is different, yet effective. And other managers do do some things. You know, one example might be you know uh, when uh, we used Fellaini as a as a striker. And Mourinho was uh, putting the ball up, and to be honest with you, the amount of times he did it, I would say the the percentage of success was probably only ten five to ten percent where that actually worked. Whereas <laughs> I feel like a lot of the stuff that Pep does. Actually, works like it. it there's there's some effectiveness. Uh, yeah, sorry, but Ali, you can carry on. Madman, though, isn't he? Like, like, like one day he'll just do something. He'll be ah, it'll be like it'll be genius. You know, everyone like Guardiola's a freaking genius. But then he'll do something crazy, and then it'll make him look so stupid. It's just like experimenting. And well, that's the know, game, isn't it? With, yeah, that's it. You know, that's what Guardiola Guardiola's been doing. You know, and you were talking about you know the best player in that position. Um, Guardiola they created the best player in that position in the world right now but he's playing midfield right now and it's Joshua Kimmich yeah if you do it you're a genius if you if you do it and it fails you know you, yeah. you're just not up you're not up to the scratch you put of, Kimmich uh, in that position he, he'll yeah. probably do better than um, oh Pancello. yeah uh, but so, Kimmich, Kimmich has had um, you know he, he's, he, he was a DM he, he's played as centre mid he, uh, now he's uh, he, well, well yeah he, he that was his those, preferred position when Philip yeah. Lom was playing though, that's what I'm trying to say yeah. so Guardiola mould him to like the air of Philip Lom you know yeah. so it's, it's it's quite amazing what Guardiola does do even though you know I, I, I give him some stick sometimes but you know he's a quality manager and you got to give the credit he deserves sometimes yeah, yeah but do you not think no, I mean, uh, with with players nowadays, not just with Pep's players, yeah, just players nowadays. You you hear about this a lot. Oh, the player was coming up, and he was actually originally a striker, and now he's a he's a centre, uh, um, uh, you know, like a centre back. And well, yeah. do you not think a lot of players nowadays actually have the dribbling uh, ability, actually have um, even the the shooting ability that they would, and they're just more reclined to the to the area that the manager wants, and obviously. It, you know, the, the, then they just become accustomed to it because... I mean, yeah. that's a very fair point, especially at the top level, like the very, very top level. I think these academy kids are uh, now being coached in a way to try and, and make their skill set as complete as possible, whereas maybe back in the day, an academy kid would come through, a, a coach would look, oh, he's really good at tackling, he's really good at heading, let let me focus on him being a, a no-nonsense centre-back, yeah. whereas now, even if you've got like a larger physical profile... The coaches are going to be like, well, you're going to need to work on your technique. You're going to need to work on your your speed, your footwork. And um, I think one example of that is Niklas Sula. And oh, you, yeah. you probably noticed that, Ali, since you watched the match. Um, there was been there was a lot of funny comparisons saying that Niklas Sula was going on some ridiculous, amazy dribbles that you'd expect <laughs> from like a top class a top class winger. Was that true? Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. What, what can you say? You know, like like what Dowd said. You know, like I've agreed with him so many times today. It was very freaking strange. You know, like. Same here, you know. This is like, one of the weirdest podcasts. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, with, with the example he was bringing in, what, what came to mind was Stephen Gerrard when he played right back at first when he had to build like come into the team, 
And then obviously he's played right back for a couple of seasons and he got put in midfield because that was his preferred position and uh, opening came in there. And the same thing happened with Alexander Arnold, you know. Like, yeah, he's put right back, but is like his mid his position in his midfield. So, you know, you've got to fit them somewhere at least, you know what I mean, to get them into the team. But, you know, Guardiola's just the best at it, you know. Klopp's not far behind, but... Yeah, what can you say, man? You've got to give that guy yeah. credit. That's well, it. we've been very complimentary towards Man City so far. And I know that, Adi, you, <laughs> you, gave us the other, you gave us the other side of the coin about saying Time City overthinks games and over experiments. So I did want to ask uh, Khudema on this one. Um, in light of how, how much that Man City, uh, you know, have been under fire for over experimenting and, and losing winnable Champions League ties in recent seasons, especially the Lyon match last year. Oh, yeah. Do you think that this is the year that Guardiola will learn his lesson? Can you see them at least making the final, if not winning the competition? Make sure they get right? the semi finals first, not the final. I mean, do you know that old saying, like, uh, um, strikers win games, but defences win titles? I feel like it's yeah. the opposite in knockout competitions where, you know, strikers are probably the ones that win you the competition. So if I was to, you know, I would put Man City as, you know, as, a, you know, favourites or at least up there. And I can definitely, you know, see them making the final for sure. I definitely think Guardiola's finally learned from, uh, I don't want to say finally learned that, you know, the man's won Champions League before, but like, I feel like he's yeah, probably found, found, yeah, true. But, you know, it seems like With he's finally Messi. found the right balance at Man City. Like, yes, this team doesn't look as offensively impressive as they were a few years ago when they had Sané and, uh, you know, and Sterling was playing a lot better, but they look a lot more balanced, a lot more, um, you know, a lot more solid defensively. But if they do come up against a team that knows how to, you know, stifle their attack, you know, I kind of do struggle to see, you know, where the goals might, might come from, you know, someone in their attack can just, you know, grab the game by the scruff of its neck. So that's probably my only concern for them. You know, Sterling's probably out of form, doesn't look like he's regaining regaining it at this point. And Gabriel Jesus is he's you know, he's he was brought in to be Aguero's replacement maybe. You know, he's more of a winger, you know, hybrid striker. Yeah. And Aguero hasn't scored a league goal in over a year, so that'll probably be my only concern for them. But I would I would like no, to I see think... them win it. I'm not gonna lie. I mean Those... okay, not like to see them win it, but I'd like to see Guardiola. <laughs> I, I do want Guardiola. I feel like he's been disrespected a bit too much recently, so Fuck I'd be happy Guardiola, for Guardiola win. I'd be no, happy no, for no, Guardiola no, to win it. No, 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 no. But I wouldn't be upset if they lost it. No, no, I know I'm contradicting. No, no, I know I'm contradicting myself a bit because I did say I didn't really, I don't really want any English teams to win it. But my point is, fuck like, that. Just... Liverpool still have a chance. Half the team freaking gone. Right. That's I can't all take anything. I can't, <laughs> can't take Karama uh, seriously anymore now. What the heck, man? <laughs> no, no. I, I just meant for Guardiola. Sterling's out of it. St- Sterling scored a header uh, against Arsenal. Yeah. What, is so? he five foot seven? That's Arsenal. How did he do? He's yeah, Arsenal. To be fair, it is out. Yeah, it is Arsenal. But then he's yeah, compared, Liverpool compared to his what form, think, what he had. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Um, well, for Man City, going to win the the tie? Then just go ahead. No, yeah, I, th- I, I think Manchester United so. might win it. Oh. Is that a hope or expectation, though? <laughs> a bit of both. I hope Gladbach uh, right, no. win it, but I, I, realistically, I think it's going to be Man City. Uh, Man City, I don't know. Man City I, will see I think through. I think Dowd's turned to the blue side of Manchester when he wants. You know, since nah, so, hope, since, Ali, since Manchester United are not in the, the Champions League, You're like you know, what? I support Man City right now. Let's let's talk about great Man City. Let's talk about great Pep Guardiola. You're a fuck Guardiola, right? That's I it. never said he was great. Okay, but Ali, like I'd be honestly surprised. I'll I'll be happy for you if Gladbach even you know score one goal in the rest of this tie. To be honest, be honest, yeah, I'd be happy for himself too. I'm cursed, man. <laughs> so, I want Man City to win, I'm actually. Just, I'm just saying, any goal digger, which Pep Guardiola is pretty much a goal digger, 
uh, anybody uh, can look good. And uh, and with Pep, obviously he's uh, man, he spent a lot of money. United's a goal digger. He's, looking, I don't know what you're he's on looking about. good at times. Sorry. I don't know what you're on about. Anyone who goes to Manchester United is a goal digger as well. You know, 80 million quid, <laughs> Harry Maguire, Paul yeah, Pogba, record-breaking the, signings and all sorts, and then getting the high wages or whatnot. You know, them. they hear Sanchez on half a million quid a week on <laughs> wages or whatever. And, you know, like, come on, man, down, man. You can't, co- you can't be talking about gold diggers. Look, you wouldn't talk about gold diggers. Let's get Kanye West on a damn freaking podcast. I wouldn't mind that, to be honest with you. I wouldn't you. mind that. would um, be freaking interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, well, I'll, I'll give a final word on the Man City um, sort of situation for me. I think most of the time you talk about a team needing to shape up tactically to win the competition. All I think they need to do is is get some uh, fitness into uh, De Bruyne and Aguero. If if De Bruyne and Aguero are lining up in these ties in the in the advanced stages, I, I just can't see how Man City can be stopped. And yeah, Guardiola can do those weird lineups from time to time, but I think finally uh, the, the the pieces have fell in place. Like there's a lot of teams not not at their highest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see a Bayern Man City final. That's 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 oh, the way I look I'd at it. I'd love to see a see Bayern just spank them left, right, and centre. But in all seriousness, <laughs> if Guardiola does actually want to win the Champions League, he just he just needs to keep things simple. You know, don't overcomplicate things. That's all. You know, like yeah, he is a genius, but then he does some crazy ass shit and he f- shoots himself right in the foot. You know, like if you want to win it. Just don't overcomplicate stuff. That's it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely, I think th- like, that's a, a pretty like it's, fitting it's football, you know. summary. Yeah, that's it. No, that's a pretty <laughs> fitting summary, and and we'll, we'll let Ali have the final word on uh, in terms of the football analysis. And as always, we'll get Dowd uh, to wrap us up in terms of telling us uh, a bit more about the latest events with the podcast and where you can follow us. Yeah. So, sorry. Did you want Ali to? Wrap this up. No, no, sorry. I was just saying. No, I gave. He, he basically like a Donny kebab, man. Come on, hurry <laughs> sorry, up. Yeah. It's past Go my on, bedtime. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, uh, like always, guys, um, you can find us on all the major hosting platforms for sp- uh, podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Pod. Uh, already said Apple Podcasts, but um, uh, also follow us on uh, our Facebook group, the Dressing Room, um, where we post uh, whenever we release our new episode. That's probably the best place to go to. Follow us on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe, and uh, share it to, with your friends as well. So yeah, that's and family. Uh, that, and family, obviously, and obviously you've got Instagram as well, the, the dressing room now, and uh, very Twitter much, guys. for TD room now. So yeah, thank you everybody. Brilliant. Take care. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.